Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. An indignant retired general, Enrique, faces trial for his genocidal massacre of thousands of Mayans decades ago, as hordes of angry protesters threatened to invade their opulent home, the women of the house, his wife, the conflicted daughter, and the precocious granddaughter weigh their responsibility to shield the erratic, senile Enrique against the devastating truths behind being publicly revealed and the increasing sense that a wrathful supernatural force is targeting them for his crimes. The film is called La Girano, and we're joined today by the director, writer, producer, and editor of the film, and that would be Jairo Bustamante. Jairo, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you so much. Thank you to give us that space. Thank you. Uh, it is a very powerful film. It is a film that also mixes a lot of different genres in the telling of the story. There's some horror in here. There's some political intrigue. There's a history lesson to be learned in all of this. There's a family drama. Tell me what inspired you to write the script and, and move forward with this project. Oh, you know, I wanted to talk about the problems that the war in Guatemala um, heritage us and how people continue uh, blocking themselves to talk about that. People think that if we stop talking about the genocide, the genocide will dis disappear. And they don't want to confront that problem. And they don't want to confront it because the, the real illness in my society is discrimination. And, and it's a big discrimination against the Mayan people. Even if the Mayan in Guatemala are the majority, they are still living with $1 per day. I think it's the 40% of the, of the country is, is living in that poverty. And they continue being in a sum of new slavery. So I wanted to confront the fact that if we accept a genocide, and if we accept to stop a process, and if we accept to live in freedom and in impunity, the responsible about the genocide is just because we, we do not consider Mayan people as equal. Mm -hmm. And that was the point of, of start. For me, and this is something that I've been sort of fixated on lately, in terms of the world we live in, certainly in American society, the refusal to acknowledge fact, the refusal of our government, of our politics, of our society in general, to acknowledge racism, slavery, the origin story for all of those things. And this feels, this film, uh, your film feels a little bit like a cry for that, for the, an acknowledgement, at least it's so that you have a starting point from which to begin to deal with it. And that is, for me, watching the film, it feels a lot like this is a cry for acknowledgement. Exactly. And, you know, I think we, as humanity, we know that all that kind of massacre that happened is because we permit it. Yeah. So, in a way, we have a kind of a responsibility of that. And for that, we don't want to talk about that. Even in USA, we never talk about the problematics happening in Central America, and we are just here in the same territory. So in a way, La Llorona, even as, as a myth, is, is the woman who cried very high 
to be listened. And, and it was the goal with that film, try very high to, to be listened. And, and I want to say thank you for, to all the press and platforms and festivals and prizes, because they are giving us that space to amplify or or cry. Well, let's touch a little bit on something that for me, I'm old enough to remember when this was happening. I, I remember in in the but and this goes to do the to the slaughter that occurred in the certainly what started in the '60s in a more militaristic and organized way in the 60s, but it really seemed to hit its height in the late 70s and early 80s when the indigenous people, the Mayan people, were being slaughtered on a scale for a country the size of Guatemala on a huge scale, a massive scale. And I don't think that people here in the United States who are in some way supporting it politically, militarily, logistically, so many different ways, had have any idea just the extent of what happened in in your country, and uh, do you? I mean, just to the extent you want to sort of say for our listeners, these things happened. Okay, and, and you know, it's it's so so hard to live with that kind of truth, uh, and people wanted to silence that truth because my state is spending a lot of money, a lot of energy, and a lot of time to erase the word genocide. And to don't give to the victims of the genocide the opportunity to suffer. They want just to, 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 to silence that. And that makes us less human. And if we continue doing that, that means that we can repeat the same things. And that is the real danger. And that is the real, that's skirming. That is the real um, horror film. And this is the, the element that you introduce into the telling of this story. It is a horror story, but it's told in the in kind of a, a traditional horror, um, sort of the the tropes, some of the tropes in the film are very familiar horror tropes. But at the same time, there's a whole nother level to this horror. It's not just being scared. It is being scared about the past, about uh, about reconciling the past with the present. And the siren of the film, the young woman who's brought there into this household to basically bring about some measure of justice. Let's talk about that, sort of that, that how that, that plays out in the film and what you were hoping to accomplish by bringing a horror genre into this film. I was uh, conscious that, that my local audience didn't want to talk about the genocide. So I decided to talk about that hiding a little bit the message and um, packaging the message with something more acceptable for them. And I made a study, a marketing study, and I discovered that people in Guatemala are watching our almost 98% horror films and superhero films. And my, my log line working on that film was that Guatemala is a motherland tired to cry their disappeared people. So I said, it's very, it's very close to La Llorona because La Llorona is crying their children. So I decided to use La Llorona because La Llorona have all the horror elements from the legend. She's a kind of a heroine for us. And in the same time, permit me to abort a very complicated subject with the same way that we abort before with fairy tales. It was very easy. And there is another very um, funny fact, because, you know, 
the other element that the world knows are not the same that Mesoamerican people knows because for us, ghosts, I mean, the soul of that people, they are, they are not afraid of us, they are living with us because we have another kind of, of timeline. We are more circular, our ancestors are all the time with us. So in a way, that was more magical realism than, than, than an other element. I'm curious, in terms of, by the way, I want to remind our listeners that we're speaking with the director of this wonderful film, shortlisted for Best uh, International Feature Film for this year's Oscars, La Girana, and, the, and that would be Jairo Bustamante. And there's, there's an element of this, and in, in terms of the crew, the, the cast, it goes from an elderly man and woman to a very young woman, very young girl. In making this film, in terms of sort of their own personal journey to be a part of a story that is so important and so illuminative of the of their history of the history of Guatemala, what kind of an impact did it have on some of the people in the cast who may not have been very familiar with this? And how did it play out with them in terms of their performance, in terms of them personally? You know, it's very difficult don't be familiar with that topic in my country because it's not just the genocide it's the discrimination is the different differences in classes is the two guatemalas one as a mixed people and the other as an indigenous people it's very very complicated to be old outside of of the thematic but it was very important um to give them in each, in each character the opportunity to represent that generation. So to me, the old generation in the Guatemala represented by Carmen and the general, are a generation, in a way they are condemned. They are not living with empathy. They really need a Llorona coming and possess them and to make them feel how the victims felt during that moment. I think it's the only way to make them change their racism and their discrimination when to live. The other generation who is represented by Natalia is more close than mine generation that we know more. We wanted to open the door, but we are scared because we grew up during the war and we know how easy is be killed. So in a way, we, we just open a little bit the door, but, but we are not exploring the outside. And the next generation, who is represented by Sarah, the daughter, the, the, the small daughter, to me, they are the hope because they, they really, they really want to go out and they really want to open the doors and the windows. And, and they are not having any problem between mixed people, white people, indigenous people. They really want to, to be inclusive and so that was the fact that I mixed generation in film. Well, I'm just very curious. Yeah, thank you for that answer because I just thought as I'm watching this, some of these people, this is pure fiction or it's a part of their history or their life that they weren't familiar with and how it plays out. Maria Mercedes Coroy. Exactly. She plays Alma, who is magical realism, the representation of justice in some manner speaking, acknowledgement, recognition of what is what has happened in the past. And her, her role, she's such a, physically, she 
feels like she's she's in an embodiment of a of this spirit. She feels like it when you see her the first time in the crowd. You can see in her eyes, and there's something about the way that you were able to bring her into this film that it just feels like this this is the beginning of a reckoning. Yeah, it was very nice because when I proposed to Maria Mercedes the role, he told me about how her mother and her grandmother lived the, the war. Uh, and she told me that her mother was all the time when the military came to the town, they, they, they were hide in, in the roof of the house. And, and she told Maria Mercedes, I learned to cry in silence. And Maria Mercedes told me, I want to do all the contrary about that. I want to cry very, very high. So it was wonderful. It was, she's so powerful. We won with Maria Mercedes because Guatemala is so racist. And today, Maria Mercedes is the most important actress in the country. And she's a Mayan and she's a woman. So that's, that's uh, to us, that's a prize. I guess the follow-up to that is the reaction of the film in Guatemala. What's it been like? And is, is, it, is it breaking down some, some barriers? Some, is, it, is it causing conversations? What's been the reaction? I, I hope that is my, my goal in a way. In, in, at the beginning of the project, uh, we received some threats and some calls, you know, anonymous people saying, it's not a good idea to make that film. You have to make a film with our colorful uh, landscape and our people smiling and stop talking about the world, da, 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 da. But after that, the film starts having a very nice career. And now the film became a kind of a national prod because for the first time we, are, we were nominated for a Golden Globe for the first time. And not only as a country, but as the whole Central America. And for the first time, we are in a shortlist in, in, in the Oscars. For the first time, there is a lot of first time with that film. Yeah, yeah. So, so that we are very, very happy with that. Well, it's certainly, I hope so, that I hope it's gaining the kind of recognition and as a hoping that um, some level of a more, a greater understanding of the past in Guatemala and coming to grips with that. We here in the United States still struggle with, with these kinds of questions. The, the impact that we've had on the indigenous people in this country is 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 no less horrible than it is than in Guatemala, and our politics are more shut down, I think, in some ways than they've ever been. And so I I'm hoping and th that we need more work like this. It takes the artists to be Thank able you. to point the way. And uh, this film is very powerful, extremely powerful film. And my congratulations to you for for your work. And not, not just this film, but your previous work as well. And I'm thankful that you were able to find some time to be here with us today. Thank you. Thank you for the support. The, again, the film is called La Jurana. And we've been talking with the, uh, the director, writer, producer, and editor of the film, Jairo Bustamante. Thank you so very much for being here. Bye, bye. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Music